Welcome to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself as a Pre-PT on your journey to becoming a future doctor of physical therapy. This episode has been sponsored by our Acceptance Navigator Series, which is a free four-part pre-PT video series where we teach you exactly how to take full control of your PT school acceptance journey, as well as how to find clarity and direction as a pre-PT so that you can dominate your application regardless of your GPA, GRE score, or fear of PT school rejection. Learn how to get into the driver's seat of your acceptance journey and not leave your acceptance to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. This is the most value that we have given away and it's free. Take control of your pre-PT journey today by going to www.acceptancenavigator.com. That's www.acceptancenavigator.com. This episode has also been sponsored by our friends at ptschoolprobe.com. Listen to this. One of the biggest fatal application mistakes that thousands of PT school applicants make each year when applying to PT school is not applying to schools that are a perfect match for them. Partnering with our friends at PT School Probe has made that a problem of the past. As PT School Probe makes it extremely easy to plug in and enter what you're looking for in your ideal schools, and you will be immediately matched up with your perfect match DPT programs in the United States. To get matched and locked into your perfect DPT school programs, go to www.ptschoolprobe.com, www.ptschoolprobe.com, and use the code PREPTGRIND in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you there. That's PREPTGRIND for your code. This will save you hundreds of dollars in your application by helping you avoid throwing away money at the wrong schools and saving tens of thousands of dollars lost every year that you miss out on becoming a DPT. So go to www.ptschoolprobe, that's ptschool, P-R-O-B-E, probe.com and use the code PREPTGRIND in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you. And that's because we got you covered and we are excited to share this next episode with you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast episode. We look forward to serving you. Have a blast. So, hello everyone, and welcome to the Pre-PT Grind podcast, where we help you to become the best Pre-PT applicant and student you can be. My name is Brittany, and I'm one of the podcast directors. I'm very excited to be on here today because we have Carla and Megan from PhysioSage joining us to answer a few questions about their company. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. And so I'm just going to dive into the first question. Sounds good. Thank you for having us. Great. Yeah, we're excited to be here, Brittany. So explain a little bit more about what PhysioSage is and who you are and what you guys do. Awesome. So PhysioSage is an online company bringing you resources to help you become a stronger patient educator as a physical therapist. So Carl and I really sat down and looked at some of the gaps in physical therapy and what physical therapists are good at and what we could improve on. And we found that getting better at educating our patients, that communication, the 
a relationship we have with our patients is extremely important and we wanted to provide resources to physical therapists, students, pre-PTs, anyone looking to improve their education skills. That's pretty cool. I remember I was looking up your Instagram page and I was like, this is pretty unique. I haven't seen anything similar. But it's also really important because I think it's something I haven't thought about before necessarily, how to be the best at like actually helping your patient understand what's going on. I love that. So a lot of people kind of go into physical therapy and they think, oh, I like exercise. I want to help people get better. Or, you know, I really like kinesiology or whatever it is but they don't necessarily realize that you're gonna be teaching every single moment of your day. And so I've actually taught in a PTA program, I've had students, clinical students, and this is the biggest thing that I saw that was a huge problem for some of my students was really needing to elevate their teaching skills. So Megan and I both, our parents are teachers, and so we kind of have this like genetic predisposition towards teaching, I think, but also just like realizing, you know, you could be amazing at movement and amazing at exercise, but if your patient doesn't get what you want them to do, yeah, like what, what's, what's the point? You missed the point. So you're going to really have to work on explaining things well and teaching. So changing that identity of not only like, I'm just a physical therapist, what does that mean? We have an identity crisis in PT in general, but we think it means at least partially to be a patient educator. That's really cool. I remember I was looking at one video and somebody was explaining about how trying to teach a patient the difference between soreness and pain. And I was like, that's that's a simple thing, but you don't think about it. Because if you ask them, okay, are you in pain or does this hurt? They might be like, yes. But like, (laughs) you need to specify like, okay, soreness is okay. But then is it sharp? Is it this or is it that? So that's really interesting. That's exactly right, Brittany. And those are the solutions that we want to try to provide. Because like you said, that should be something... Um, that we expect patients to know, but really they come in and they're not even aware what a stretch feels like. And so explaining that difference, that's exactly what we're all about. Cool. And then, so my next question, since pre-PT grind focuses on mentorship for pre-PTs, what was your pre-PT journey up until now? I'll go first. So this is Carla. (laughs) I was thinking of becoming a physician for basically my entire life. And then I was in college. I was a chemistry major, math minor. I, you know, trying to study for MCATs and things like that. And I started to observe some physicians and I was like, I don't want to do this at all. What was I thinking? And so I'm sure someone out there has had that same experience. And I realized like there was a ton of just like shame and baggage around that decision of like, oh, I have to be honest that I don't really want to be this thing that I thought I wanted to be for so long. So I was in my senior year of college and decided, okay, I'm going to look into PT. My sister, my older sister is a physical therapist. And she, you know, goaded me on to say, just look at it, Carla. I think you'll like it. And so I quickly got my stuff together and took the GRE and did a bunch of volunteering and like all those observation hours all in like my last year of school, took any other final requirements and then got in in March. So I was kind of lucky. I know that not everybody can go that quickly and get in, but I am kind of that like 
hey, it doesn't always have to be hard either to get into school. And one thing that I learned from this, I actually asked my like admissions officers at, I went to Washington University in St. Louis and I asked them, you know, why did I get in here? <laughs> and they said, well, we really respect that, that you did other things in college. You had a very difficult major, so you challenged yourself. So I didn't have a 4.0 or anything like that. Like I had an okay GPA in college, but it was something hard. It was something challenging. It was something different. And so that was a big, I think that was an enlightening moment for me. I didn't realize that like, I don't know, you know, everybody would have a kinesiology major necessarily. So, so it's okay to like forge your own path too. And here I am. <laughs> Megan? You've made it. Okay. Yeah. So I was a gymnast from three years old to all the way through college at Central Michigan University. And so one of my coach's best friends was a physical therapist and came into the gym to show us like prehab and things to protect our ankles because gymnasts are always rolling their ankles or to protect our backs and things like that. And so that was my first introduction to physical therapy in a pre-rehab kind of sense. And so I looked into it from her, asked her questions, got more interested as I was going through undergrad. Since I knew I wanted to do it in grad school, I had kind of, I felt I had the freedom to choose whatever undergrad path I wanted. So I chose therapeutic recreation and got a ton of awesome experience volunteering with a lot of adaptive sports types of programs and mental health, community health type of things. And then I really wanted to get out of my undergrad town. And so my PT journey was I'm going to choose things that are out of state, out of this uh, area that I know. And it led me to Chicago and Northwestern, which I was really excited for to not just be a tourist anymore, to actually live in Chicago. And I'm now a year and a half out of school. So also, I have a similar story to you, Carla. Like I was pre-med for my whole life, pretty much. <laughs> And it was almost like a, like a grieving process <laughs> to let that go. But I think you're right. It's like I didn't feel as connected to pre-med as I do to physical therapy. I feel like you can build better relationships and like you can actually get the satisfaction of seeing someone get better. So I kind of For like sure. That was like one of the main things is I realized I actually really loved talking to people. And I think only getting to see people for five minutes because of the way our healthcare system is, it just wouldn't have been the right fit for me. And in a lot of ways, now having been in the healthcare system for longer, you know, I've been a PT for seven years now. And now I'm like, wow, I made the right choice not being a physician, like for many reasons. But then also like PT is just such a better alternative for my personality. I, again, I love teaching. And so I like that we have the time to teach and to really take a more well-rounded kind of more holistic approach with our patients. So, so then how did PhysioSage come about through that journey? Like, how did you guys meet? How did you come up with the idea of PhysioSage? Like, how did everything come together? I'll let you answer this one, Megan. <laughs> okay. So uh, Carla and I um, were coworkers first. And so I 
met Carla at a career fair at Northwestern and then got the opportunity to be mentored by her. I also want to develop my specialty in pelvic floor, pelvic health, women's health, all of that realm. And so I was able to be her mentee and she my mentor. And then it ended up the spot we were working wasn't quite meant for us. And so we both left at the same time and weren't quite ready to give up our relationship of working together. And so that's when we dove into the questions of what's physical therapy missing? What are these gaps? What are our skills that we can help contribute? And that's how we came to education and PhysioSage and spreading our love of learning, our love of educating, and uh, using those skills to best serve our profession. And thus it was born. <laughs> awesome. And then, well, how long has PhysioSage been around so far? Yeah, so we actually just recently started with the pandemic start. So we started in March, I guess, of 2020. Depends on when you're listening to this. So yeah, we're relatively new at the time of this recording, but we luckily, you know, the the benefit of leaving your job is you have a lot of time. And so <laughs> Megan and I took that time and said, you know, why don't we just do this project together? And it really has now fleshed out into a business that, you know, we're still growing and developing, obviously. So I, I am excited to see where it goes. We're really excited to, you know, meet with you and get to pre-PTs to kind of make you guys realize that, like, you're going to have to be a patient educator, that this is something that I, I wish I would have known earlier as I went through PT school, if I had known everything you learn, think of it through this, like, you're going to have to teach this one day lens. I think that would really have helped me. And some of that, you know, is the way that curriculum set up in PT school. Some of it is also that we are so focused on things like grades and other things, but really your patient doesn't care if you get an A or a B or C in anatomy. They care that you passed school and you passed your boards. And really what they care about is that you can actually help them. And more than 50% of the helping them is being able to explain difficult concepts, explain how they're supposed to move, why they need to do all of this. Like, again, those are the things that I don't think always come through for PT students and then new grads, you know, that kind of trickles through. So you learn it eventually. We want people to learn it quicker and even getting to you as like a pre-PT, that would be, I think, I think that would be a huge shift in the profession if we realized earlier on that we need to be patient educators. So that's our mission. That's pretty cool. I feel like yeah, definitely starting earlier and being able to understand like that, having that in your head before you even start school is pretty important. It could just change how you participate in class too. So there'll be a lot of opportunities, well, hopefully in your curriculum to have labs, maybe your school will bring in people from the community that you get to interact with um, and participate. You'll have to practice taking blood pressure. You'll have to practice uh, helping someone up from a chair and just taking those opportunities to practice and be participative in your class is really important. If you, there will be times where you'll feel really tired and not want to participate or volunteer, but if you take advantage of those opportunities to just practice talking, really it's practicing talking. Oh, 
having the ability to practice talking is probably it's going to take you way further than just knowing that you know your anatomy. So definitely take advantage of those opportunities. And I will be honest that I always wasn't, I wasn't always a great student in PT school. I mean, I did okay, got good grades. It's not about that. But like looking back where I'm at now, starting this company, I could have definitely applied myself differently in PT school. So for anybody listening, I would say, you know, they, most programs will want you to role play. And part of that is role playing the communication piece. And I didn't always really take that seriously because I didn't get it. Like, I think I needed a little more context around why do I need to do this right now? Um, And so you know, that's a piece of feedback I can give to everybody or a piece of advice is like, yeah, you can take the blood pressure, but are you actually good at explaining what it is, what you're doing, why you're doing it, all of those things. And I could have applied myself better in those ways during school. It's funny because now, obviously, I think that's something I excel in as a therapist. So I made a 180 eventually. (laughs) Like you were saying about communicating, like practicing communicating, because part of what our job as a therapist is also these relationships we're building with them. And if they don't know what's happening, I feel like being able to, for them to be able to understand what's happening is also just like powering them in their own treatment. Exactly. Yeah. If they don't know what's going on, I feel like that would make a little bit of a disconnect there. Right. And actually, Brittany, I, you hit the nail on the head. We came up with kind of five pillars for our organization, what we're really passionate about how we think you become a stronger patient educator is through clinical reflection. So that's kind of like this self-reflection piece, learning to teach, learning how we learn. So again, you might think I empowered my patient. Well, how do you know that you did that? Right. I mean, like you can just say that you're an empowering therapist if you want to. Um, But really only the patient can tell you that. Um, And so patient empowerment is actually one of our pillars and really focusing on improving independence, improving self-management, literally giving the power to the patient versus it's not your power. And then the last but not least is health literacy. So we have a huge range of diversity in America, um, and that can be socioeconomic diversity, racial diversity, cultural diversity. I'm missing some, but it's like gender diversity. I mean, there's, there's so many different facets of people, and you need to start to learn how to meet people where they are in terms of, you know, you might be recommending that they get a new mattress because their mattress is terrible, but what if they can't afford it, right? So, That's a simple oversimplification, but if you really don't have a good understanding of health literacy, I think you're going to be limited in terms of being a physical therapist and a patient educator. That's a really, really great point. I know that for me, like when I was in school, I did a lot of volunteering in in my community in terms of, we had this thing at my college called student health outreach. So we focus pretty much on all the other things that might affect someone's health outcomes besides just like going to the doctor. So Do they have access to food? They have access to health or like even just health insurance. So we had all these other things and it helped me see more of a holistic view of what it means for someone to actually to improve their health outcomes. Because if they're worried about access to food and all these other things, but they might not be able to 
take their medication. They might not be able to get the medication or they might forget their medication or they might not understand certain things. Well, that was in the context of like being prescribed medication. But yeah, there's a lot of things going on in the holistic sense. Yeah, we're human beings, right? Is basically what you're saying is we've got a lot of different things going on. And as physical therapists, you can take on that role of being the advocate for maybe that fitness, that active side of their health, but then also taking a step back and saying, okay, no, they do have a lot of other things going on. How can I adjust my education based on that? But uh, Carl and I uh, work with a lot of new moms and people who have just had babies. And a lot of times it's hard for them to take that time to come into the clinic and to do some self-care for themselves. And I mean, I'm sorry, I'm speaking for you, Carla, but you can chime in. We realize that the moms are very busy. We realize they have a newborn, but also on the other hand, we can be advocates for them and we can say, you're allowed to take this time. Like we, we want to encourage you to spend the time to do your home exercises and things like that. And, you know, but, oh, I'm, I'm just so busy, Megan. Like I, like I know, and realizing that, you know, that identifying that you have so many things going on and you are very tired, but I'm still going to be your advocate for your self-care with your exercises. And that's a hard balance. I, I struggle with that every day in the clinic, but I think that's important to realize both sides of that encouragement, that little bit of a push, but also knowing all the other things that are going on in their life too. Exactly. And I think, you know, you mentioned medications, Brittany, and I think that's a great example. And actually, a lot of the health literacy research is in more of like the nursing and physician worlds or pharmacy worlds. And think about that. It's literally just like pick up the prescription, take the pill at the time. Like, I'm not saying that can't be done or that that's not hard, but we are asking so much more from, from physical therapy. So just thinking of like, okay, we need to be like amazing at health literacy because we're, ask, we're asking so much of our patients, really. They have to be a huge part of their care. But that reminds me of, I think an issue I'm finding is that a lot of people don't even know what physical therapists do. Like everyone knows, okay, I know what a doctor does. I know what a nurse does. I know what a pharmacist does. I don't necessarily know what a physical therapist does. And it seems... I think that also comes into like just education in general. But. Yes, and, and there are some efforts by the American Physical Therapy Association certainly to improve our kind of position in the consumer marketplace of healthcare. But that is something to know. If you're becoming a physical therapist, don't think like, great, I'm going to be a doctor of physical therapy. I get all the recognition. Here we go. There's a lot of work to be done. So if you're going to join this field, I do think that, you know, first of all, we want, we in this company would say, be ready to be an educator. That's part of your identity and own that identity and everything that that means. And you will be a better physical therapist for that, but you'll be better for the profession. I believe that if everybody thought of themselves as an educator, that we would be, we would have a different identity in the consumer healthcare marketplace again. So, but I do think that's also a struggle is like, we have to still fight for our position. We need to lobby. We have to do lots of things really to improve kind of our place and our role in healthcare and just with the general public, you know? So again, that comes to, you've got to be really good at educating the public. I try to turn every single patient into an advocate 
if you can't get them to come back for the second visit because maybe you didn't have great communication skills, that's not going to look good on physical therapy, not to put the weight of the world on your shoulders, <laughs> but it is a little bit like, you know, I do feel like we have a little bit more that we need to live up to every day. And personally, I take that responsibility on with joy now. Like, I think that's a great challenge. I love to really like represent. But then also thinking of like educating other providers. So that's huge. And we don't always learn that in school or learn it enough for how much you actually will have to do in, in your day-to-day -day work. So again, like harnessing those educational skills, all of that, I think is just like, it's gold, you know? So, and you can't learn enough of it. That's what I learned. So I think we've already went over a little bit of your goals and what you're trying to do with the company. So, um, and then we touched on like the importance of being an effective patient educator and learning to develop these skills, but what tools and resources are you guys, are, are being used? And like, what are the differences um, based on the setting maybe, maybe, or the population? I think we might've touched on that a little bit before, but. We can definitely talk about our resources for sure. So you go we, for it. Okay. So on our Instagram, just at PhysioSage, we have all of our content with all of our literature. So we post every day applying, taking the literature on patient education or clinical reflection or anything that has to do with our SAGE subjects and create um, graphics that are easy to read and understand what's going on. And then on our website, we also have digital downloads of tools that you can use in the clinic as a pre-PT, as a student, reflecting at home, really any healthcare provider to use. So reflection tools, we have tools to help you decide how to develop your treatment plans for your sessions with patients. Uh, Carla created an audio reflection tool. And I say Carla created because she literally um, composed the music for it. So uh, definitely go ahead and download that. So we have a lot of different things coming up as well. We've created courses. We plan to create more courses. We have a fabulous weekly email with all of our literature composed into one easily readable email. Uh, Carla, am I missing anything? So I would urge all of you to sign up for the weekly email because again, it's a very like easy curated source to that is funny and, you know, gives you some tips for patient education. And even if you aren't a physical therapist yet, you know, get your mind right, start to think that way. And I think that again, I wish I would have had something like that when I was in PT school. And then I don't want to, I don't want to forget to mention that we actually created a free resource for the pre-PT grind listeners. And so you can access that at physiosage.org forward slash pre-PT grind. And it's all about like, some things, strategies for you to be able to work on becoming a better patient educator now, even though you're not necessarily a practitioner. These are things that you can start to develop and practice, even right now, whether you're an undergrad or, you know, you're between school or whatever. And all you have to do is go to our website and type that in, all one word, physiosage.org slash pre-PT grind, and it's just for you. It's just for the listeners of this podcast, and you can print it out. You can keep it on your computer. You can 
make it the background of your computer and keep it near you as you prepare for school or are in school. And definitely take a picture of yourself using it and post it. We'd love to see you using it and to know what you think about it. Yeah, that's very true. We are we are super uh, on Instagram and we love the engagement and we love seeing people using our tools. So, you know, I love that idea, Megan. I didn't even think about that. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, when, when this goes up, we'll put the link below wherever, I guess, the podcast goes up on Spotify, on, um, I think, Apple and everything. Yeah, it's on Google Podcasts too. So it's like going to be in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then obviously on Instagram. So, so then that goes into my next question, which is how, how can PPTs prepare themselves to develop, develop those communication skills? And then I guess just a general question for you guys. What setting do you enjoy working in the most? I know that both of you are pelvic specialists. So are you in outpatient clinics? Yeah, I'm fully in an outpatient uh, clinic and part of a practice that has six different clinics. So sometimes I get to travel and see patients in different parts of Chicagoland, but a mix of orthopedics and uh, pelvic floor. And I am a little bit of a jack of all trades, Jane of all trades, whatever. And I treat in a private practice, which is just like a one clinic, privately owned, PT owned, female owned, which I love, pelvic floor clinic in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. And I also see some patients like in their home for outpatient therapy through Luna Physical Therapy, which I think is just a cool thing for physical therapy to kind of provide like concierge in the home outpatient therapy. I think it's a really great option, especially I see older adults. So if I kind of had like a second specialty, it would be like geriatrics ortho. And then I actually am adjunct faculty at Morton uh, community college at their physical therapy assistant program. So I do like a little bit of teaching and I'm currently applying for a PhD program in public health. So I'm taking biostatistics right now and getting my applications together too. And I'm like, man, I thought I was done with that. I'm not done with it. So you never know. But if anybody has questions about that, you know, feel free. You can reach out to us at PhysioSage on Instagram or we're on there in our bio. I think our personal accounts are there too. And you can always reach out to me if you've got questions about kind of mixing clinical with non-clinical. I think that is one of the benefits of PT is like you can go a lot of different ways. So that is a really nice kind of intrinsic benefit. So yeah. I think one of Carla's favorite settings would definitely be the classroom <laughs> because she can't stay away too long, too many years without going back. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So like lifelong learner. <laughs> Very much. And trying to, you know, starting a whole company around that and focusing on our patients as learners. I think that's just, I don't know, there's just something really beautiful about that when we kind of think of like this constant educational growth and true empowerment, again, is through learning, I think. So give that to your patients, give that to yourself. I'm sure most of the listeners are giving that to themselves right now eventually you'll want to give that back. And I think there's, it's just, just beautiful. Yeah. I think that I feel like if you're probably listening to this podcast, you're big on learning and growing and figuring out how to be better at whatever stage you're at. I guess the last question, any inspiration for pre-PTs or wise words for your younger selves when you were in that position? Megan, I'll let you I go. Think, sure. Yeah. 
thinking about what you want your day-to-day to be like, and not just that answer of, I want to be a physical therapist, but I want to be talking to people. I want to be working with coworkers. I want to be inspiring others. Those different skills that maybe you didn't think fell into that description of physical therapy, maybe start thinking about those types of things and that will help you decide kind of what path to go on. And maybe that isn't physical therapy, but know that physical therapy does involve a lot of talking to people and building relationships. And so taking that self-assessment on yourself to realize what really fires me up and gets me energized. And if that's education and working with people and inspiring empowerment, then you're on the right track with PT. I love it. That was beautiful, Megan. I hate to follow that. (laughs) I think the biggest thing I would say is know that you are going to need to have a lot of courage and confidence goes into that. And so anything that you can do to also work on kind of your personal development. And I know that pre-PT grind does like a lot of personal development for pre-PTs. And I like that. I think it's not just about getting into school. You know, it's also like making sure you're ready to go to school when you're there so that you have a better experience as a student, but also your patients do. Like the whole reason we're doing this is for our patients. And so keep that in the back of your mind that eventually it's not about you. It's about them. And how can you make yourself, you know, ready to really be there for them? And I always I always think Honestly, physical therapy, being a physical therapist made me a better person. And then becoming a better person, which I'm still working on, I'll tell you, has made me a better physical therapist. And honestly, I'm excited for that to happen or or continue to grow for the rest of my life. You know, as I get better at some of these personal development skills and business skills, even, I can translate that over into my practice. So it all goes together. It's not just a job. I really do think it's a vocation. So like Megan said, you really got to be ready to do it. And part of that is get ready to be an educator. Well, I wanted to thank you again for coming on here and chatting with me and teaching everyone of our listeners more about what PhysioSage does and about what it means to be a patient educator. Is there anything like, or do you guys have any questions for me or anything? I would just say that if any of the listeners have any questions for us, like I, we want to talk, you know, like we like engaging. And so um, if there are any questions, if they're just like, what the heck is this about? Can you explain more? I like that. Um, So don't be shy. And also if there's something that you want to see, you know, I mean, I know again, most of the listeners are becoming physical therapists, but maybe you're on your observation hours and you're like, hey, I think we need this out in the world for physical therapists. I, I, we want to hear all of that. So I really, really would encourage people to stay in contact. And like I said, don't be shy. Okay. And then I wanted to remind everybody again of the resource that Physio Sage made for us or specifically for pre-PT grind, five ways to become a stronger patient educator right now. I'm going to add the link below, like wherever the description of the podcast, but then we'll also have it on Instagram and other places as well. Well, thank you again. Thanks so much for having us, Brittany. It was a great chatting with you. What is up, guys? You've been listening to the Pre-PT Grind podcast, where we don't just help you get into PT school, but our mission is to make you the best physical therapist you can possibly be. And I have a quick question Did you enjoy this episode? And if you did, I want to ask a huge favor. 
do the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow, and that will spread our message of helping free PTs get into physical therapy school without wasting time and money, is if you rate, review, and subscribe to the PT Grind podcast. What this basically does is tell the platforms out there that we're on is that you like our stuff, that we're doing something right, and that we're bringing value to you all by our so if you can take about three seconds out of your day to rate, review, and subscribe to the Pre-PT Grind podcast and tell your friends about Pre-PT Grind, we would be forever, forever grateful to all of you. So thank you again for listening to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. We will see you on the next one.